everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Conversation of Change. We believe that everyone can become a change maker. And through Conversation of Change, we hope that it can inspire you to make a difference to the community, no matter how big or small it is. Today, we have three gentlemen from different walks of life to share about their common mission on mental wellness. First, we have Onchen and Sutat, both holding senior executive positions, and they have initiated the movement called YOLO 2020. We also have a gentleman, Jared, who works full-time in Caregivers Alliance and a participant of YOLO 2020. To get started, I'll let them share a bit about themselves first. So starting with Anchen. Hi Anchen. would you like to share a bit about yourself and how do you come about this idea of starting YOLO 2020? Thanks, Shermin. Uh, well, what I, what I do for work is uh, I'm a storyteller. Uh, so I spend my days and nights uh, telling stories helping people tell their stories, uh, whether it's in life or their companies or their families or friends. And uh, that's what I enjoy doing. And uh, it was really over a, 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 a simple lunch that I had with Sutat and another friend, uh, Shakling. And uh, so we came across the idea that uh, why don't we do something to make a difference for the year 2020? And that's how YOLO was born. E. So how about yourself, Sutat? Please share with our viewers a bit about yourself and what made you start YOLO 2020. Well, the lunch wasn't so simple, as it turns <laughs> out. <laughs> For myself, I'm uh, extremely boring. Uh, I work in the finance industry. And for many years, uh, you know, once you finish your school and you start work, you get so caught up in the uh, red race or your career uh, or in financial markets, uh, things just keep going on all the time. So it's a very, very high stress environment mm -hmm. and you don't always uh, have a lot of time to think about other things. Uh, along the way though, I've been quite fortunate uh, when I have had some time and opportunities to give back, uh, spend a bit of time uh, with uh, charities and uh, Caregivers Alliance. Uh, I happen to also be the uh, chairperson for that. Uh, to be able to help uh, in this particular initiative. Mm -hmm. So when Wan Chen and another friend of ours uh, got together and uh, came up with this idea, uh, we thought, hang on, it's, uh, if we were to make something different in 2020, what could mm -hmm. we do to be inspiring? What could we do to actually bring more people on board beyond our own personal interests and passion? Mm -hmm. And uh, that was in a way how YOLO 2020 was born. I have to pay one comment though. Right behind me is a mountain. Uh -huh. uh, so for those of you who may know these things, it's actually Mount Kinabalu, the uh, tallest mountain in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was something born out of that lunch where I ended up uh, at some stage with Wanchen on his 10th expedition up Kinabalu. Uh, and for me, where my colleagues still laugh at me today, they know me as someone who lives seven minutes walk from the office or drives to work. Someone who never takes the internal stairs in the office but takes the lift. And somehow, uh, out of imposture and plausibility, I made it up the Mount Kinabalu. And uh, maybe at some point, hopefully later this year, we will be able to do that trek to Everest that we hope for. I see. So, and lastly, Gerald, could you, could you share a bit about yourself and how are you involved in YOLO 2020? Yeah, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Jared. Uh, I'm the Head Ops and uh, Partnerships of Caregivers Alliance Limited. When I first uh, came to know about Caregivers Alliance Limited, that's CAL for short, uh, I was actually uh, attending the training that was conducted by them for caregivers of uh, persons with mental health issues. And uh, so I've been caring for my sister uh, with major depression and uh, anxiety disorder for quite a, quite a long while. 
And uh, when I chance upon the training uh, program that was conducted by Cal, I, I immediately, uh, you know, joined the program and I felt so uh, benefited from it so much uh, that I became a volunteer for Cal, uh, training other caregivers, and uh, subsequently joined uh, Cal as a, as a full-time staff. So when Sutat first uh, talked about this uh, YOLO 2020 uh, uh, campaign, you know, climbing to uh, Everest Base Camp, I was very excited. I immediately you know, raised my hand and said that I would really want to join in. Uh, I, I recall during one of my conversations with other caregivers, I, I did share that uh, you know, caregiving journey, caring for someone with mental health issue is really like uh, climbing, climbing a mountain. You know, are, the journey is uh, difficult, the journey is tiring, it's long, it is almost never-ending. You go up, you come down, and you keep going, and you keep going, and you keep going. Even when you reach a summit, you might actually uh, cross one summit, and then you actually have to keep going and reach another summit. So it is, it is uh, really like a roller coaster ride, uh, you know, in, when you're caring for someone with mental health issue. And uh, so I, I find this campaign uh, very meaningful. And uh, I, I want to strongly advocate for mental health. I see. Thank you for your story. So we have been constantly mentioning YOLO 2020, but some viewers might not be very familiar with what YOLO 2020 is about. So maybe could you kindly share with us what this initiative is all about? Uh, maybe so you one can, Yeah. Yeah, I can quip in. Uh, maybe a bit of background. Uh, YOLO for many of us, especially the younger generation, mm -hmm stands for you only live once yeah. and uh, so, so we use that tagline to drive the uh, our mission for 2020 and 2020 mm -hmm. being such a significant uh, number uh, we thought the combination of YOLO and 2020 would be a good uh, call to action and uh, make a difference for, for all of us uh, to do something that, that can make a difference for people's life and uh, so we, we thought that doing something very spectacular like going to base camp or Everest base camp together with YOLO 2020 was no, going to be a, going to be a fantastic oh, opportunity uh, to go to, to to go there to make a difference. Well, actually, YOLO 2020 mm -hmm. to our surprise uh, yep. in uh, 2019 when we got together. The URL wasn't taken, so it was actually very handy and convenient to be able to get the URL sorted. <laughs> but uh, Yolo 2020 as well, in essence, uh, is a combination of a few organizations who are either involved in the area of mental health, uh, such as Cal, which is, works on caregivers, or those who are actually supportive of mental health causes that have, uh, together with the staff and friends, come together. So actually, we were originally scheduled a good uh, almost uh, 50 of us, which would be the largest contingent of Singaporeans making a trek to Everest Base Camp, led by our Everest man himself, Ko Sui Chow, uh, who has uh, been up at the summited at least twice, <laughs> amongst other things. And that was actually have to have happened in late April, early May this year. Mm -hmm. But as you know, 2020 has turned out to be even more special than what most people have envisaged. Uh, as, as a result of that, uh, we are hoping that the two teams, which mm -hmm. comprise of uh, staff and friends of uh, Accenture, mm -hmm. Caregivers Alliance, NCSS, uh, under the auspices of uh, Beyond the Label Movement, Deutsche Bank, SGX, uh, and AIC would be able to do it in September and November later this year physically. Mm -hmm. Everything's still up in the air. We are not sure. 
But in the meantime, since it was circuit breaker in Singapore, uh, Wan Chen came up with a brilliant idea, which is uh, for those of us uh, 40 plus, as many as could come along, to try to zoom to Everest by climbing stairs uh, during this uh, circuit breaker period, where we could do it with safe distancing, but still be able to hopefully keep up our training and at the same time bring more people on board. So that's what we've all been doing. And I think collectively, the 18, 20 of us have done in the last few weeks, almost 75,000 floors. Uh, and uh, that, that I think is something I would never imagine doing myself, as an example. I see, yeah, I see. that was a world, uh, simple lunch or so. So, so, so that simple lunches will always turn out to be not so simple. Uh, great <laughs> so ideas simple... are birthed out of simple lunches. Yeah, so we have a simple lunch and we say that uh, how do we get get around this uh, circuit breaker? And uh, so uh, it was over the lunch and by the weekend, we came up with a nine-week nine program to each of us to climb 6,000 floors in order to reach the equivalent of aerospace camp. So we are now in week uh, seven, Suta? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? Yeah, week seven started. Started tonight. <laughs> so week seven starts tonight and then we got another two more weeks ago, and we are supposed to reach uh, Everest Base Camp on the 9th of June. I see. Okay. So, yeah, almost there, almost there. Yeah. So, you have been talking about like hiking to Everest Base Camp, climbing the stairs and stuff like that. So, how does this tracking actually support mental wellness? Well, let me give this a short statement. I think maybe if we roll back just a little bit, Mm -hmm. on what the issue about mental health and mental health awareness, what we're campaigning for is really about. A lot of people may not realize, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, almost uh, one in uh, eight Singaporeans are actually potentially suffering from uh, mental health issues over the lifetimes. Mm -hmm. It could be permanent. It could be something that, you know, uh, is genetic, it was mm -hmm. schizophrenia, etc. Or it could be anxiety. A lot of kids get in school facing exams. It could mm. develop to something else. Peer pressure, mm. stigma in school, bullying. Mm. All those things happen. In the workplace, you get a lot of stress, depression. Yes. And in the last couple of months, with the displacement of regular activity, people not being able to go to work, do what they're accustomed to can do, cooped up at home with home-based learning, etc. Yeah. Mental health issues are really, really all around us. But if you think of the numbers, one in eight Singaporeans, there's a staggering number of uh, almost 300,000 Singaporeans who could have a transient or permanent mental health issue. And here's the really scary thing. A lot of people in Asian society don't want to talk about it because it's something you're really shy about. In the old days, oh, it's like, it's uh, you see, the gratitude terms like uh, Ting Tong, you know, you're crazy, go to Woodbridge, all those kind of things. Yeah. They all come in. How many people will go to the boss and say, hang on a minute, uh, I need to take a day leave because uh, I have to take care of my loved one and bring this person to see a doctor. Yeah, uh, so the stigma associated is huge. So if mm. you think 300,000 Singaporeans potentially at risk or already suffering, mm. behind each one of these is one primary caregiver maybe and a couple of mm. secondary caregivers. So the numbers of people who are dealing with this have been dealing with this and going forward, in a more urbanized society, high-stress society, potentially mm. one that's going through and economic challenges, I think it's going to be much more prevalent. So mm. that's where we wanted to really raise the awareness of mental health. Mm -hmm. And the awareness of mental health and mountain climbing, how does it work? Jared, I think, shared earlier, mm -hmm. 
how it relates. The journey yeah. of caregiving, the journey of going through your own mental state mm-hmm. involves going through ups and downs. Mm. You may reach new highs in each summit, but there potentially will be a valley below and yeah. it can be a struggle. So we need to learn self-care. We need mm-hmm. to individually build resilience. We need potentially as a community, as a society, to be able to build collective resilience and mm-hmm. consideration for the people around us. Just because someone's having a trouble period doesn't mean we lock him up in an institution. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in, uh, exist in and around us can do with a friendly helping hand or a smile on the face rather than a stare and uh, ostracizing. So, you know, I think the topic has become a little bit more mainstream because we now start thinking in an aging society about dementia and like, so dementia is just one part of it, it's physical deterioration, but there's a whole lot of different mental health afflictions and it's not like it's somebody's fault. Mm. It's like if you catch a cold, nobody blames you, right? But the stigma, I think, for mental health is significant and therefore Mm. the resilience, the going through trying to build your own self-care, going to try to build your own self-discipline and translating that through mountain climbing in a way, well, base camp isn't really mountain climbing, (laughs) was something that we thought was uh, a good way to capture that theme. And we're happy that, Mm. you know, 40 over Singaporeans are coming together with their organizations to actually try to raise awareness collectively for a very important cause. I see. Speaking about stigma, you mentioned about how there's stigma towards mental health. So can you share about uh, why do you think like there is a stigma associated with it? So like Jared, you actually have a sister that uh, suffers from major depression. Maybe you can share with us why do you think like there's a stigma associated with mental health? I think when, when we talk about stigma or something, it's usually because we do not understand what it is. Or we do not know enough or we know all the wrong things about, you know, in this case, mental health. Mm. I think since when, when I was a kid, when I was growing up in, in my neighborhood, there were many people who were actually mentally unsound. And uh, we always, uh, you know, our parents, our neighbors, we would always give them, call them nicknames. And we were, we were call them all kinds of things and all the negative things. And when we grow up, uh, when, when, when we watch uh, the, the news or we watch the TV and uh, even media and so on, we always get the wrong impression because the, the people are always talking bad about them. And so this, is a, this becomes a vicious cycle, right? When society thinks that people with mental illness should be put away, people with mental illness are, are really just lazy or have behavioral problems or are just not behaving the way they should be, uh, it, it actually you know, uh, causes all the way, you know, goes all the way down to the person who is mentally ill himself or herself. And they themselves start to stigmatize uh, themselves that you know I think if society sees me in this way I must be you know I must be something as what they have described I must I must be bad I must be lazy I must be no good you know I, I'm bad karma whatever so then this perpetuates within the family the caregivers themselves the families and then it goes back into society so it's one vicious cycle I think for many years even as my family uh, we we didn't even talk about this uh, issue at all when my sister uh, was uh, had started having mental health problems or mm-hmm. symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. We we didn't acknowledge that these were mental health uh, issues. We we just brush it off. Uh, we usually just say that it must be something that is uh, just a kind of feeling that will go away. You know, we totally ignore it. We didn't seek help. And by the time we really, you know, seek medical help, it was kind of quite late. You know, quite many years down the road. And that usually affects 
really the whole treatment process, the whole recovery process, mm. right? But so I think stigma, stigma perpetuates from self, the family, and also society at large. That's why I think this campaign to raise mm. mental health awareness is very important. Yeah. You know, each time we, we come for a session like this, each time we, we, you know, we go and walk, we go and exercise, mm. we train, or the, during the actual uh, walk itself, I mean, the climb to EBC itself, we want to share, you know, we want to tell everyone that mental health is not so scary. Mental health is something that is, is a brain disease, you know, it is a illness that may affect anybody. And so many people around the world are also having it. So we need to talk about it. We need to be open about it. Right. Yes. And, and yeah. So yeah. so that's why we that's why we're talking about it. And I'm very glad that we have this session and uh, hope that people will get to understand more about mental health and want to find out more. We shouldn't brush away the topic of mental health because there are many people around us that actually do suffer silently. And it's a great way to actually bring awareness to such mental health issues. So moving on, you're actually talking about a lot of mental uh, health like problems and stuff like that. And there are also many men, many mental wellness initiatives out there. And I personally, from what I experienced is that all these mental wellness initiatives wholly focus on the people that, uh, that has mental health conditions. However, from what I see from YOLO 2020, your target beneficiaries also include caregivers. So can you yes. share with us like why do you choose to emphasize raising awareness for caregivers as well? Sutap, would you like to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe if I just add on one point earlier to what Jared shared, um, mm -hmm. and you know he said a lot of things which are really important, but mm -hmm. there's something in society, in traditional society, mm -hmm. that doesn't like weakness, and uh, you know we tend to blame uh, when people don't understand and when people feel inadequate, uh, where they don't know how to deal with a situation. It's mm -hmm. always easier to blame, and sometimes even uh, the type of uh, religious sort of uh, thinking. What mm. Jared mentioned earlier very briefly was, oh, is it bad karma? And mm. unfortunately, a lot of people end up feeling not just uh, struggling with uh, their condition, but they end up being blamed. They end up feeling that they've done mm. something wrong. Uh, and that just compounds the uh, issue altogether. But, you know, in the societies we live in, this can be very high stress. Anxiety mm. is... Uh, something that we deal with from time to time, mm. but uh, left and prolonged, it becomes a bigger challenge and it could become a more uh, persistent condition. So, you know, it can be as simple as that. <laughs> but when it becomes, hey, how come you're struggling with this? Your brother, your sister, your friend, your cousin, you know, they can all get on a bit. They can still do well on the exams. These mm. things just breed onto each other. And uh, I think the kind of overall religious karma kind of uh, aspect of it really adds mm. on to the stigma. And that's why a lot of people just don't want to talk about it. And if you have an issue and you don't talk about it and you stay inside, it's not going to make it better. Yeah. So the caregivers are actually uh, uh, very important in uh, this process. Uh, and let me explain why. As I mentioned earlier, if you look at the kind of uh, statistics, Assume you have 300,000 folks who have a transient or permanent mental health condition, excluding dementia, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And some of them could really be struggling, incapable of uh, actual work. So those will be very serious conditions. Mm -hmm. Others may be able to do certain sort of basic tasks and be able to manage themselves. Mm -hmm. But we all know they're not 100%. So if you're not 100%, you will need minimally some kind of emotional support 
If not, you will need physical support in some instances. And from time to time, if you happen to miss a medication as well, it could be an emergency. So what tends to happen? Caregiving is not something you do this afternoon. I took my dad to the hospital to see a consult a doctor. That's, yeah, well, that's a task. Mm, but that's not yeah. really caregiving per se. If you care, if you're caregiving for someone who's in depression, who's schizophrenic, uh, who suffers from a number of these different challenges, it's day in, day out, yeah. night in, night out. It doesn't necessarily go away. It could become more serious. There could be a lapse back. It could be okay today. It could be not okay tomorrow. So what happens if you're a caregiver? If you're a caregiver, the stress, the burden on you, and I'm not just talking about the potential economic consequences if you can't also do a full-time job, you have to do a part-time mm. job, etc., etc. Mm. The burden emotionally on you is huge. Mm. Fortunately, in Singapore context, I think our, our mainstream media is... Uh, quite good and not reporting uh, a lot of very tragic instances that happen from mm. time to time. Mm. But we do see them. You hear and you read and sometimes in the press of mm. uh, double suicide. Yeah. Why does that happen? Double suicide happens when an elderly caregiver who's been spending his or her whole life thinks that they really cannot manage anymore themselves, mm. which means they also have a mental health challenge. Mm. And they don't know what to do because the loved one cannot fend for himself or herself. And it leads to that kind of a tragedy. They may not have sought help because they have been shunned by their neighbours, their family, they're parked in one corner. So for caregivers in particular who are really important to help those who suffer from their conditions, it is not unusual for them to potentially also have a challenge that could lead to a mental health challenge. Yes. So it is even more important in a way for those who are able to bolster their self-care and self-resilience so that they can both stand on their own feet as well as support uh, their loved ones. And to the extent that there's a community of caregivers where they can mutually share, they can mutually learn, they can express and let out the grief and the pain and the challenges that they face, yeah. those outlets are actually very useful. And that's a uh, part of the training as well as a uh, part of the uh, causes that the Caregivers Alliance do mm. to try to help educate, inform, mm. develop self-care techniques, build resilience and have peer-to-peer -peer support. And mm. without this, the caregiving journey, which is unending, can be a huge burden. And you really don't want the potential vicious cycle that could mm. come about from uh, having to care for a loved one. Yes, yeah. definitely, yeah, I agree. Here, from the perspective mm -hmm. of caregiver, I think uh, in Singapore, there are many uh, organizations mm -hmm. or institutions caring for someone with a mental health issue. Mm. But really, in terms of caring for the caregiver, mm. uh, there hasn't really been any uh, organization agency that's actively looking at that, right? Yeah. And, why is it important to care for a caregiver or even support them? I think uh, I, being a caregiver myself for many years, uh, I really you know, find myself sort of at a loss. Mm. What to do, you know? What can I do to support my sister? You know, my sister had this condition, she's under treatment. What else can I do? You know, what can I learn? And because of stigma, as we mentioned earlier, it, it actually prevents us from wanting to know a lot more or even finding out what are the right ways to to do to do things and mm. and 
as a caregiver, we, you know, especially when uh, my sister in this case have, has a relapse, means a mutual relapse mm. or becomes suicidal, you know, it, it becomes a, a, a crisis for me, all right? Mm. Uh, me being a, a, you know, someone holding a full-time job, uh, you know, in the IT industry previously, uh, mm. I was working many, uh, many, many 12, 13 hours a day, uh, you know, so it's, it's quite unimaginable for a caregiver who has to reply suddenly to messages of help or calls from the family, call from home that, you know, something bad is going to happen or, you know, uh, you know something serious is happening. So it's, uh, nobody actually uh, tells the caregiver what he or she can do and how, you know, they can actually better manage the situation at home. Mm. Right, so that's why it's very important that uh, the recovery process of the loved one requires mm. the caregiver. If the caregiver is not there and the the person having the mental health problem is just mm. uh, just taking medication and, and just going to seeing the doctor and so on, that process uh, uh, is going to take a long time. Right, the recovery process mm. will take a long time. The caregiver plays a very important role here, and that's why yeah. I think we are, we are care um, caregivers alliance formed about eight years ago. The, you have been supporting you know many thousands of caregivers training them and uh, equipping them with the relevant skills and you know how to care better for their loved one i see so caregivers actually do carry a very uh, a huge burden on their shoulder to care for the people that has mental health condition and i think this is also one of the reasons uh, why yolo 2020 also came about it's probably like to hike up and then to release some stress because like exercising is also a form of uh, stress relieving Right, I would say. Yeah, so uh, so moving on, right, since Anshan has been quiet for, for a long time, maybe I'll get Anshan to ask, answer some questions. So as a trekking enthusiast, right, how do you bring your passion, and you brought your passion of trekking and made it into a movement to raise awareness about mental wellness. So what kind of advice can you give to the youths who like to do similar things as you? Well, I, I guess uh, when you go hiking or, or climbing, uh, many people see it as a one-off event. So you go to Everest Base Camp, you reach Base Camp, and then it's over. And, and I think that's where we need to realize that for people with mental health challenges, mm. it's a lifelong challenge. So they face a new mountain every day. Uh, every morning when they wake up, it's a new challenge for them. Mm. So, so really, my encouragement for, for this movement is for uh, participants or people who believe in the movement to see that uh, don't stop at one. So for those who are going later this year to Everest Base Camp, mm -hmm. uh, don't stop there. And I guess that's why I've climbed Mount Kinabalu 10 times and Sutat, yeah. you still got another nine more to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, in good time. <laughs> Slowly. Every time I go up Mount Kinabalu, I bring up a different team and it was really an honour to bring Sutat up. Mm -hmm. uh, so that you know he can experience his first big mountain, and Kinabalu is not small. It's almost uh, half the height of uh, Mount Everest at four thousand one. So she's a big mountain, and I think uh, if I can speak on Suta's behalf, when I saw him reach the summit, I think it was an, an awesome achievement, and uh, and I hope that he has been beaten by the summit bug <laughs> that he will want to go summiting again, and I, I think that's really. The challenge with YOLO 2020, as we go on this journey, we want to be motivated to help other people reach the summit. And, and it doesn't mean that whether you have any disabilities or whether you have mental health challenges, you can't. Uh, it takes time, it takes uh, training, it takes uh, perseverance, it takes a mm -hmm. uh, mindset change, but nothing is impossible. 
And, and one of my taglines always, you know, to tell people that you always need to believe. Uh, if you believe enough, you'll get there. Uh, may not be sooner, could be later, but you still get there. And I hope that YOLO 2020 will persist on beyond this year. That next year, 2021, 2022, uh, we always will remember that YOLO 2020 is always the beginning and uh, there's no end to it. You just keep on facing the challenges. So like hiking do have its own set of challenges and I'm pretty sure it's also be very difficult for a new person that is going to hike up. So you feel like you want to give up and stuff like that. Like how do you deal with it? Maybe Sutat can share with us your experience first since you yeah. said that you have a very sedentary lifestyle last time. Um, yeah, so I don't know what Wanchen went when he said uh, he thought it was an honor to uh, help me get up to Kinabalu because uh, I was probably a dead weight. Uh, <laughs> plus, uh, you know, I'm glad he had that great view of me when I finally submitted and, uh, and I expressed all those uh, great emotions just now because uh, I can say that when I was up there at 4,000 at probably 5.30 in the morning, I don't think I felt anything at all because <laughs> I was totally numb. <laughs> but... Uh, no, it's uh, really about life in general, really. You know, mm -hmm. leaving YOLO 2020 aside. Uh, each of us, we just have to continue. And in our own way, like what you guys do and make the change. Mm. If we take each best foot forward, then you'll be surprised how far you can go. And Shirin, I'll come back to the point you made earlier. Mm. In this uh, circuit breaker period, it was very disorienting for a lot of people, myself mm. included. Yeah. So as I start having my laptop at home, sounds like a great idea, but it means that I'm on video conference calls from 6 in the morning to 11 at night with no breaks. I don't go for lunch. I don't step out, get some air, wow. and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, maybe I'm just more compulsive that way. But for others who don't have the luxury of having a separate study like me, it's tough to manage all the stuff going around with their kids, etc. Yeah. So it's a big challenge. So when we had the circuit breaker uh, and or even just before the circuit breaker where over the uh, very simple lunch, uh, we came up with some complex ideas. Um, this particular YOLO 2020 uh, Zoom to Everest idea became a really great thing because it forces us uh, and the team is able to mutually encourage each other. We meet once a week on Zoom where some of us will be doing stairs, some of us will be running outdoors, indoors, etc. But along the way, every day of the week, we see the different folks who are logging their activity and it encourages us to just keep taking the next step. I can tell you, as this uh, circuit breaker period started, um, I wasn't very fit at all because my training for Everest Base Camp stopped the moment, oh, cannot travel anymore. <laughs> so you know, it's so easy to backslide and just kind of like, oh, just put it all down, right? So there are some on our team who are mm. extremely uh, disciplined and since the start of training for uh, May or April departure, uh, they have uh, not just accomplished uh, great uh, fitness, they have also lost a lot of weight, mm. which is, you know, <laughs> you know, if you do this wow. and you can lose a lot of weight, this can actually be a good selling point. But mm. step by step, I didn't wake up one day and suddenly be able to do 300 floors a day. That's nuts. I hate <laughs> running. I don't run 1.5 kilometers and then I go, oh my God, what's this about? Oh, I reached Maxwell Market. That's food. That's good. Right? But now Motivation. I do 8-9 kilometers. I do 200 floors. And it's okay because it's a step at a time. 
Mm. And it's just like life. You take the best foot forward, you do what you can with what you have. And if mm. you're able in a position to help someone else, it's a blessing. So, you know, I think uh, each of these little things, as you do, you take the walks, you take, do the runs, you actually self-discover a lot. When I was uh, up going on the way to Kinabalu, I shared this with uh, Wanchin and the team as well. It wasn't so much my fitness levels. It wasn't so much about how I managed to survive 4,000 uh, meters. It was none of that at all, but it was the discovery about myself. What motivates me? Why do I be in such a rush? Can't I mm. taste myself? Do I need to be at the front? Can I just smell the roses a little bit? Hey, you know, it's good to have a friend alongside you on a dark morning like this overnight. So yeah. all those things are things that are important in life. Like sometimes we forget in the mad rush as we go through. Uh, definitely. And it's, very, it's probably also very and stuff like that as well. Yeah. So uh, moving back to, uh, how about Jared? Jared, would you like to share your experience of how you started off hiking? Yeah. Is, is it a new thing to you or is it something very different? Or is it usual? I, I, I'm not a, a typical uh, tracker or hiker or, you know, I, I don't really go and climb mountains like what, what Wanchen has done. Uh, <laughs> I've done KK once, uh, some years mm-hmm. back, and uh, I think mountain climbing is not everyone's uh, cup of tea uh, mm-hmm. because the process is usually very agonizing. You know, no matter how fit you are, you know, the, the process of having to go up slope and going up altitudes, especially if you go above 3,000, mm. you know, and go higher than that, uh, it's, it can be agonizing, you know. So even if you train, I, I can imagine it's going to be challenging, right? Mm. So of course, if you're fitter, then uh, it helps, right? I, I had mild, uh, you know, mountain sickness, AMS, uh, when, when I went up uh, Mount KK, but, but that was fine. I, I still managed to reach the summit. I think one thing about mountain climbing is that... Uh, like I think like what uh, Sudak mentioned just now, you sometimes really have the opportunity to discover yourself, uh, understand mm. yourself better. I think at the same time, you know, with the, the people that go alongside with you, uh, you, you realize that you really need actually a lot of uh, team spirit. You need to mm. help each other. You need to push each other along. The slow ones, you know, uh, you can help. I mean, if you are faster, you are fitter, you can help the slow ones mm. and then you can help to encourage them. You know, you have to push other up. And in the end, when everybody is able to make it to the summit, I think that's really the, the most important part, right? And so it's yeah. the process itself uh, makes it interesting, not the actual summiting mm. or the summit itself, right? So when uh, when this Zoom to EBC, because we, we, we couldn't go to the actual trip itself to Nepal, mm. When circuit breaker started, I, I make it a point to climb stairs every day. Uh, so for the past six weeks, I've been doing so without fail every evening. And wow. uh, I've, I've done uh, 9,200 floors so far. And uh, I'm going to... <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I, I don't know. It, it has, mm. has actually kept me going for the past few mm. weeks. I think uh, I, I'm getting fitter, that's for sure. And when you're, when you're fitter, you, you, know, mm. you, you, you feel better. Yeah. You feel stronger mentality as well, mentality wise as well stronger. So, Anshan, is this is this all the beauty of the trekking that what Suta and Jared mentioned made you fell in love with like hiking, going on hikes? What is it like for you to trek? You know, people ask me when I climb Mount Kinabalu, for example, mm-hmm. 
you gone up nine times, why bother with a ten times? It's, it's, a, it's the same mountain, mm. uh, it's the same route, so why bother? And, and to me, it's because of the, the people, mm. uh, the people that I go up with, uh, if I can make a difference for everybody that I bring up, uh, I think that makes, uh, that makes my day. And, and if that person that make a difference for, will go on to make a difference for somebody else, then, you know, it's, it's, it's called paying it forward in our own special way. So I hope that the 50 of us who go to Everest Base Camp this September, November, we are paying it forward, mm. that uh, we will inspire the next 50 and the next 50. And you, you know, remember the story of the, the boy and the starfish and, uh, and the, the boy will pick up a starfish and throw it back to the sea and there'll be mm. thousands of starfishes on the yeah. sea, on the beach. Mm. And the old man will ask the boy and say, why bother? It's only, and, and the boy replies that, no, it, it matters to the starfish that you throw back into the sea. So I think for every person that we help, uh, you know, that person will go on to help somebody else. And that's why YOLO 2020 is a, is a movement. It's not one-off thing. Uh, the other thing about going to mountains and trekking is that you get to see things that you never get to see before. Open up your eyes. And by opening up your eyes, you realize that uh, there are many other things that we don't get to see, like caregivers. We we we, mm. we put ourselves into the shoes of caregivers, like Jared, for example. Uh, we will suddenly realize that it is a there's a different perspective. So so we shouldn't see life through rose-tinted glasses, but we should take mm. off those glasses and then see things for what they are, and and basically to make a difference. I see. Wow. So, what are your visions for the future Euro 2030 is going to be like? Well, the next one is definitely uh, another Kinabalu. <laughs> After that. <laughs> and then, uh, we, we last week, we, we had a Zoom call every week. Mm -hmm. And last week, we talked about going to the Gobi Desert. So, Ooh, definitely, I'm going to bring a team to, to the Gobi Desert in, uh, in near Mongolia. So, that's one. So you all bring desert. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a fantastic oh, wow. trek in the desert. Wow. The Zoom trek to the desert. <laughs> a real one, a real one. So, another Kinabalu and Kobe Desert. Uh, mm. I want to bring a team to Mongolia. Mm. Uh, I want to bring a team to Southern Russia. So, there's so many places to go to. And uh, and so, so we hope that Yolo 2020 will bring different groups to different places. Mm. And uh, we will have another Sutat, another Wanchen, another Jared uh, in the next generation. Could be you, Shemin. Uh, <laughs> and and so the 50, from the two of us, three of us over lunch last year, or the year before, mm. we came 50. And we hope that 50 will become 500 and 500 become 5,000. And it goes on. I mean, there's, no, there's no stopping what it can be. But we're not just looking at a number. We're looking at changing mindsets, and even one for just one starfish, we can just change the life of one starfish, and I think we'll be happy. Yes. How about Sutat? How how is what is your vision like for the mental wellness part of it in the future of Yolo Twenty Twenty? Well, I'll put it this way. Um, I mean, there's different facets of it. There's a group that's uh, going to be. Going to EPC, there's some of us that are doing the Zoom to EPC. And each of us in our own way, some through the organizations, uh, through Accenture, for example, and Deutsche Bank, they are promoting the cause of mental wellness across uh, to colleagues, not just in Singapore, but also different parts of the world. Um, 
And of course, there's a fundraising element as well that I have to mention. So hopefully as we do this, we inspire others. Uh, they get to find out about mental wellness. They get to think about the subject. They get to find out the resources around it. They make a contribution to Cal. There's another organization that we are also supporting, which is a sister organization to Cal called Resilience Collective mm. that uh, has persons in recovery actually coming together uh, to actually help each other, which is very important as well. So it's uh, whilst mental wellness is the overall theme and we are supporting fundraising wise to Cal primarily and Resilience Collective, which is a new charity just starting up. Mm -hmm. The key really for me is every individual to the extent as, uh, you know, Wan Chen Dao said the starfish analogy, mm -hmm. if they take a little way, a little bit from it, it matters more to me that there's a wider audience that is aware, that's mm. able to overcome the concerns around stigma, that thinks a little bit back before, hey, hang on, that sovereign person is there, a uh, mental health issue is crazy, you know, mm. just give it up like that. Uh, but really reflects and thinks about it and is aware to be able to direct the traffic for someone who may need help, that is more important. But along the way, through the efforts of uh, Wan Chen, Jared, and many of the others in there, we've managed to raise a little bit of uh, money for Cal, uh, which mm. is very important because as the non-profit sector goes, we do expect this year with a lot of challenges in uh, the corporate environment, individuals also having less in their pocket, the competition for the charity dollar will go up. Mm which is ironic because this is the period of time where the needs are highest potentially. So through the efforts as well, I'm quite pleased to say that so far we've uh, collectively managed to raise about $210,000, uh, which is a, a tremendous effort. And even through the circuit breaker, some of us have been trying to keep that up. But I think over and above the fundraising, if there are just more people who think twice before looking at someone who's suffering from a mental health issue, as someone who's, uh, you know, what's wrong with this person? Uh, yeah. I think we would have actually made a great achievement. And the more society is able to do that, the more as a community we can rally around and support community care and integrate more of folks who may be suffering a transient, not necessarily permanent condition. And, you know, as the, the way the world is going right now with the challenges uh, in the economy, I think there's going to be a lot more need for society and community self-help beyond just relying on corporate donations or governments to write the check because they, you know, they get it from taxpayers yeah. anyway. So best put forward, as I said earlier, and if we all do our own little part and there's mm. greater awareness on the subject, I think that's a great outcome from YOLO 2020, which can spawn different organizations, different activities that can uh, continue to keep this in top of mind, so to speak. Uh, that's a very nice insight from you. And maybe I would like to ask Jared for like people like me who isn't very like fit and cannot hike, like climb stairs and stuff like that. What can we do uh, to, to support YOLO 2020, this movement? Well, I think uh, uh, Sutat mentioned just now, you can actually uh, make some donations uh, to, to Cal. And uh, you know, Cal is doing the important work of really supporting caregivers. Uh, I think uh, Sutat right from the beginning uh, of this session, you know, said that there are actually many, unfortunately, there are many, many uh, people having mental health uh, conditions in Singapore. And, and the figure is actually going up. And then even with this uh, COVID-19 pandemic, I think the situation of uh, mental health is going to get worse. Right? And uh, so 
mental health is going to be here, it's going to be a topic that is very important to everybody. I think it's something that we really need to understand better, know better, talk a little bit, talk a lot more, you know, and I hope that uh, through all the work and all the efforts that we're putting in one day, mental health is just another topic, another illness, something that we can all be very comfortable with in talking about and just uh, looking at it as an illness. And then we are able to support the caregivers, the family, the persons with the mental health issue. I think that would be the, the ideal case, but uh, that is a journey that we need to take. All right. So uh, it's really something that uh, if, if any of you out there look, uh, watching us right now, and if you are a caregiver, I, I just want to share one thing that uh, mindset is very important. I think uh, earlier on, Wan Chen also talked about mindset, but I think in terms of mindset in the mental health arena, uh, we need to change our mindset towards uh, what, whole, the, what the whole issue of mental health is all about. Uh, even as a caregiver, I need to change my mindset as what caregiving is all about. All right? Caregiving is not just about all the doom and uh, all, the un all the unhappy stuff, but when once I change my mindset towards caregiving and I care for my sister with love and, 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 and true concern and true care and concern, my sister can experience, can feel it, and then it improves our relationship. It helps her in the recovery. I think that's very important. Our mindset must be very clear, you know, when we're caring for someone, right? So whatever we do, I, I hope that uh, we would be able to go into, into this direction. That's, that's why I hope from this campaign, even after this campaign is over, moving forward. Yeah. So, Shemin, uh, I, I got a uh, sort of specific response to the question you asked earlier. Yeah. You see the uh, YOLO 2020 t-shirt that we have here, it says yeah. overcoming mountains in life, right? Mm -hmm. So, overcoming mountains in life doesn't mean that you actually climb Kinabalu. Uh, although Wanchen seems to be doing it every now and then. <laughs> overcoming mountains in life could simply be you know, uh, I'm committing to get myself a little bit fitter. I'm committing to make sure that I acknowledge and thank essential workers. Mm -hmm. I'm committing to smile at the first five people I see every day. So um, we're not asking you or any of the audience watching to say, oh, go dig in your pockets and make a big donation now. That isn't the point. But if you think that the cause is important, overcoming a mountain in life, could be your own little pledge to just say, you know what, for the next year, I'm going to work towards something. It can be very big, it can be small, but small can be very big for each of us. I'm going to give up smoking. Oh shit, that's going to be really tough. Yeah. I'm not going to drink more than twice a week. For some people, that's yeah. going to be almost impossible. But making some of these little steps, and then you find that you can achieve gradually and you can build up a better mental state, a better mindset and an approach that reminds you that actually you're not alone in this world and there's a community and there are people around you that you need to be considerate of. Those things are all positive and like what Make the Change is doing, if you can create a little bit of positive energy, you don't necessarily have to dig deep to make a big donation or climb 9,000 uh, floors like Gerard Hooker much better than uh, me by the way <laughs> but you can all do your own little part yes i agree i agree so oh we actually do have a question from the viewers yeah uh, maybe 
uh, I'll post it out to you guys. So what are the common wrong mindsets that caregivers have of loved ones with mental health conditions? And what are some good mindsets to have? Maybe Jared, you can answer that. Yeah. Okay, so let me just jump straight into it. I think uh, speaking from personal experience, uh, I think the very first thing is uh, we, we, I would think that our loved one, you know, having a mental health condition is... It's probably just a, a, a passing, you know, a passing problem, something that is um, probably just affecting the person for a period of time, and then we, we tend to brush it off to say, you know, snap out of it. I think so. That's that's very wrong uh, mindset to start with. I think uh, that is a very common mistake that most people make, most family members or even caregivers would make, because we always assume that the the problem is actually a very simple one, right? We never really uh, empathize with the the person we care for. Uh, so we, we make all the wrong assumptions. So yeah. we, we end up saying that this person is lazy, this person, uh, you know, you, you are not doing what you're uh, supposed to be doing, you're not working, yeah. you're, you're not trying hard enough. So all the negative um, blames that you can put onto this person, uh, so those are the wrong mindsets that we usually end up, you know, doing it. And then uh, we usually attach shame to it as well. You know, we, we cannot tell people, we tell people about it then people will, will, will look at us in from a different light and then uh, if the other relatives know about it, they will talk about it and so on. So a lot of this kind of uh, very um, embarrassing, negative kind of uh, mindset towards our family members, I think that those are very damaging actually to, to the loved one. Yeah. Okay. Of course, good mindset, I think mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's important that we, we, we understand, we try to understand, I mean, we see a problem, we, we try to understand what the problem is all about, we seek medical help, we seek the help from through agencies like Caregivers Alliance or even other uh, institutions that are agencies that are supporting persons with mental health issues. Uh, the more we learn, the more uh, knowledge that we have, the more we are better able to understand the problem better, communicate better, empathize better, yeah. and then be able to care better. So taking the first step to say, I want to know more, I want to learn more, and I want to love more, I think that's very important. I think it's also about giving them space as well and not pushing them into like thinking that they, they should be answerable to their question, uh, to their actions, their behaviors and stuff like that. So like I've actually learned that if if you have uh, friends or family members that have like mental health problems and they are like uh, shying away from you, you shouldn't be probing them about it but giving them some space and stuff like that. Do you think it's also something that we should be doing as well? Uh, well, uh, there's no one size fit all kind of uh, situation. It's not just a magic mm -hmm. pill that you just pop in and everything is goes away. Uh, it, it differs from uh, family to family, situation to situation. Uh, well, it's true. Uh, I recall when my sister was suicidal. I don't know what I do not know what to do. You know what can I do other than telling her? Are you really going to do it? I I don't know know what how else I can support her. But what I did was I spent every night after back. After coming back from work, I sit by her bedside and I just sat there just for a few hours with her. I just, I don't know what, I did not know what to do, but I just spent that quiet time with her. And I think that is very important. Sometimes just saying too much also may not help. So for, for that scenario, for that situation of mine, where I really encountered that crisis, I think it was very important that I just spend time with her. Just telling her, showing her that I was there for her. You know, I love her and I, I don't wish that anything bad will come, you know, from, from her. Yeah, yeah. so I think that is very important, the assurance that we give them. 
think the presence is very comforting for them as well. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, okay, I think we are almost time. It's 8.54 already. So maybe, Wanchan, maybe you want to wrap up this talk by uh, giving our last message to viewers, especially to youths on how they can support YOLO 2020 on what, or what they can do to support their own passion or beneficiaries? Well, if I can have a, my last word would be to I tell you to decide what would they like to do with their lives? What would you like to do with your life? It's not, we're not talking about a job. So, so when you get a job, you know, a job depends on your skills. Uh, and and the certain skills you have, and you do a job with those skills and get paid for it. Uh, and there's something called passion. Passion is something that you want to spend time on, and and passion comes and go. Uh, jobs come and go. But uh, what would you like to do with your life? I think that's one question that every person, including especially youth, need to ask themselves. Because you you have only one life, whereas you can have many jobs, you can have many passions or interests but there's only one life and what would you like to do with it and i think if you have made that decision answer that question then you have made a difference well i would i would add to that i think it's uh, really useful advice from one chen and uh, really for all of us unfortunately for some of us including myself i still have uh, at the tender age of uh, 48 um, very little clue about what I actually would want to do in my life. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, not going to be easy for everyone. But what I have learned in uh, these uh, 48 years or so is that whilst I may not have a clue and I don't have a perfect crystal ball and I, you know, I'm still self-discovering a lot of things about myself along the way, uh, is if you try to put your best foot forward, then you can potentially be overcoming mountains big and small. If you do try to think not just only from your perspective and yourself, then the world is a much bigger place and there's a lot more that you can actually learn and get from it. So, you know, for youths of today, uh, I hope you're thinking the world is your oyster, but it's not for you to eat it up. Maybe you might want to think about how you can create more oysters out there for others as well. Yeah. That's a very valuable insights. So uh, we have definitely learned many valuable insights from on how with passion we can make a change. And thank you for your time. So it has been a really great talk with you guys. So for our viewers, if you'd like to know more about YOLO 2020, you can actually visit their website at www.yolo2020.com. You can also pledge on their website what we like to do to raise awareness about mental wellness. And if you'd like to further support their initiative, you can also donate to their giving.sg page or purchase their products from our Design for Good website. All the relevant links are also shared in the comment section of our Facebook Live. So do show your support. And we have come to the end of our conversation of change. Thank you for tuning into our live and we hope that we can see you on our next one. Thank you and have a pleasant evening. Bye-bye.